my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hockey! Yeah! Yeah! My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show, Judd Declan, and we got a special guest. Stella. Look at who's here, Stella, Stella. Stayed up late watching the game last Bark. night. She's got Bark. you got takes, don't you? You got takes, and plus it's about five. It's actually an hour till you're supposed to eat. This is what happens, Declan. Nutrisource, too spoiled. She thinks she should eat right now. No, no, no. Oh, you got to wait an hour. Mwah. Can you, you play top line center? Center. Can you play top line center? Please. She's um, she's not happy about that. She's not happy. Uh, so the Wild, excuse me for a second here. I'll push you down. Ah, there we go. Wild scores four goals last night, four to one over a Ducks team. Uh, I'm not going to uh, to try and blow smoke here. The Ducks are terrible. They're the only team not to win a game in regulation. They have not held a lead this season going into the third period. Uh, nonetheless, sometimes I think that you need a game like that. And uh, I guess my first takeaway is exactly that. Um, that was a that was an, an opportunity, Dex, with the Kraken on board for Friday night to play a sort of get well game, and it appeared that the Wild took advantage at least uh, in the second half of the game. Yeah, good for them. And, and the Ducks, yes, are stinky. It, the fact that I texted you like what midway through the second, and I said this is a boring ass game. You know, you wanted them to go out there and just throttle down on, on a on a poor team like that who is just offensively incredibly limited, and that's saying something when Trevor Zegris is so amazingly talented and. Basically should have scored the lacrosse goal. They challenged for offsides. Wild catch a break. Otherwise, that would have been. And I guess you can still play it on highlight reels because it was that incredible. But he did it again. He did the Michigan. He did that lacrosse goal. Um, And also, just side note, I hate. I love the old school Mighty Ducks logo. Love the logo. Those Hunter Orange are just some of the worst in the NHL, man. Hard to watch. The Giants and Orioles have worn those in baseball, right? Yeah, and that's fine. It works for those franchises, in my opinion, though. Like it works for Baltimore. It works for San Francisco. Okay. I don't think. I don't think like blaze orange. When I think teal, I think black. I, I think thought you gold. weren't the Jersey Police. I thought you hated the Jersey. I'm police. not Jersey Police until it affects uh, something that I notice, and then I will be the Jersey Police. Okay, so you are down on the people that police the jerseys until you don't like the that jerseys. That is correct. At which point, at which point, you come and take a it's very Larry David. Um, yes, you you take a a a view that you don't like. The jersey. I was about to say something else, but I'm um, say but but back to the actual game. Uh, I I thought yeah, it was yes. a, awesome that Kirill Kaprizov basically took things over. Sometimes, and we've asked mm-hmm. about this uh, from superstar players in this town before. Sometimes you just need your superstar to take things over. A um, couple power play goals for him. Nine shots on net. Uh, you can tell he came in maybe a little more pissed off because he got the match penalty and and it got the maximum fine too. By the way, uh, from from the NHL for for this the dumb situation with Dowdy. So he, maybe he came in with his hair on fire a little bit more than usual. 
Um, and you need your superstar sometimes to take things over. Kirill did that. It opened then the floodgates basically in the third period. Um, and, and the Wild were able to snap that goalless streak and hopefully maybe get back on track here after a, a, just a week of playing stale, pretty boring hockey. And Matt Dumba scores a goal. Yeah. Uh, so here, here's <laughs> the thing that I liked about the, the Dumba goal, and it wasn't just him. Um, but with the fact that this team hadn't scored a goal since I think there was 3.08 left when Boldy scored into an empty net against Montreal three games ago, I like the fact that the Wild ordinarily activates its defensemen offensively, but I felt that they activated them even more against the Ducks, and Dumbo was standing right in front there, which is sort of a sad commentary on the fact that he really that that the shot uh, is not back yet, and it might never be back. But I loved the fact that they were being aggressive. Now, against the Ducks, it works. Uh, Is that going to work against a good team or cost you? I have no clue. But it was good to see him score. You're right about Kaprizov, who looked looked absolutely fantastic. That tip-in goal from the high slot was a thing of beauty. Yep. I, I mean, I, I don't think we understand the scope of what he can do because he makes it look simple. Until you see other players try it, and it's like that puck goes wide, over the net, they miss it entirely. Uh, Kirill's ability to turn the puck is phenomenal. The one guy on the Ducks I felt bad for, though, poor John Gibson. Yeah. Or just the <laughs> yeah. goaltender. He's good. He's good, and he played well, but he's got no no chance. And it was good to see Dmitry Kulikov with the Wild last year play a major role, including, I believe, the high slot tipping by Kaprizov go off his breezers. It was good to see Kulikov play a big-time supporting role in a win by his former team. Yep, and uh, you know the Ducks. I think if they get their right draft picks here, they might be a little bit better. And like I said, Zegers is so much fun to watch that if you're a fan of that franchise, uh, you get you get to build around that dude who should be an absolute stud for them. But for the Wild, I thought it was great. Yeah, the depth guys kind of showed up. I thought Kalen Addison had a very noticeable, productive game. I mean, that guy. We talk about activating defenders, and we've seen that from Wild defenders for basically the last ten to twelve years. And man, that guy is activated all over the place. I mean, he's he's up the ice. He's carrying the puck in from the neutral zone. Um, he's leading odd man rushes. He's not afraid to get down down low towards the goal line, which can sometimes be dangerous from a defenseman's point of view. Um, I thought. I think I, I kind of told you. I believe what was that? Maybe two, oh, two weeks ago when we were through game six or seven. That I thought he was the third most positive, impactful player. If for my word vomit there, outside of Kirill and Matt Boldy. Um, not just because he's racked up some power play points, but when you watch him, you can see the difference that he makes when he's on the ice. And I, I, I saw it again against a, a bad Ducks team, but still, you see that guy on the ice when he's playing very well. And I, I felt uh, as well on the blue line, Spurgeon played great. Spurgeon made about three or four just nice, nice plays, nice small plays. They they weren't uh, they weren't sexy plays, but they were they were nice. Brodine at one point was on the ice with Dumba and covered for him and actually came over and played his side. So yeah, it was definitely a game in which um in which I felt that the engagement of aggressiveness was up, which was also uh seen through through the amount of your favorite term, pims that were handed out in this game because there were several uh, dust-ups. I one thing I loved and it was uh, brought to attention on the TNT telecast. Not I love the fact I love the fact that when Kaprizov got into it with a Ducks player, I think it was Jones, uh, when Kaprizov got into it with Jones and sort of cross-checked him and then turned and was skating towards the blue line, and Jones was about to cross-check Kaprizov from behind. Boldy saw it, 
and was keeping an eye on Jones and jumped him. Now, we can debate fighting, and we can debate, like, enforcers. And I get that that has changed completely. But I do think that when you're talking about Kaprizov and a guy like that, as good as Boldy is, I want somebody defending Kirill. Like, the whole Doughty thing frustrates me a little bit. And, and Dex, we're going down this path, um, I think, in a game against Philadelphia last week. Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs, cheap shot at a guy. And then there was a big thing about should he have fought his own fight there. Okay, I'm not advocating cheap shotting players, but if you go back to my day, and I mean, I I think that, that this is still true. I don't want my stars fighting. Right. And I don't want Kirill, like Kirill's strong as an ox, so I'm not saying he can. But do I want Kirill fighting? No. Do I want him possibly being hurt? Absolutely not. And so the fact that Boldy jumped the Ducks player, I absolutely loved because I think that Kirill is the one guy on this team that I want defended at almost all costs. And, T- and TNT had a great little breakdown of that between the, their intermissions too, which was great too. I, I it was kind of refreshing, in my opinion, to hear some, again, different broadcasting point of views and whatnot. And, and they were discussing that in detail as well. And yeah, like I like that Kirill is built and like like an ox, basically, he's not just a pushover. Um, you know, with all due respect to the great Sidney Crosby, who who was apparently on the Mount Rushmore of them for hockey when they were discussing that in the pregame yesterday, and obviously Steven Stamkos is a phenomenal player who's a first ballot Hall of Famer as well. Those guys get hurt. Those guys get banged up. Kirill is not afraid. Number one to push his weight a little round, but he's also he's not a pushover. You're not you're you're not gonna hurt that guy unless you maliciously go after him. Or there's some type of fluke situation, right? Like he's not made of glass. He takes an incredible amount of care of in, in, in himself, and he's built so strongly that he you can't just push him around. You know, Gabrick might even be the better poster boy for this, right? When when he was here with Minnesota, that a guy who was so extremely giftedly talented and so quick and so fun to watch, but that groin got pulled every other month. It seemed for God's yeah. sake. So. So it, it, it's it it's cool to see that Kirill can stick up for himself and and he's not afraid to to throw throw some throw his weight around. But at the same time, he does have to be smart, right? Like he he can't be well, getting in situations where and his he's, teammates have to help him out. Yeah, like the Doughty yeah. thing. I I guarantee you that somebody said when Kirill Kaprizov is being cross checked into the boards and basically basically Doughty's trying to kick his ass. We need one of you guys to help him. Like I. I Ryan Hartman's not a weak player, okay? Like, he's not a bruiser, but he's not a weak yeah. player, and he's certainly a scrappy player. He is out for an extended period of time because of a fluke that happened in a fight he picked. God forbid that's Kirill, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't want I don't want my star players ever, unless they just get jumped, I don't want them in that crap. And, and if they start it, you know what? I want someone to finish it. Uh, but this notion now of should the stars fight their own fights, I'm going to tell you right now, no, right. they never should. Going back to my day, they didn't. Um, there's a reason why in the old days, a guy like Gretzky had Semenko or McSorley with him. Now, those guys basically don't exist. But, you know, if the choice is Boldy, who I love, he's great. But if the choice is Boldy jumps a guy or Krill fights his own fight, I'm going to take Boldy to get in there every single time. Absolutely, yeah, and he's a he's a big boy too. I think we kind of forget how big Matt Boldy is for for uh, for how skillful he is. He's a power forward, man. I mean, he's and he's young. You know, I think you're still seeing as much as he is a grown man, if you will. He, you're still seeing those baby muscles still turning into bigger muscles, right? Like you're still going to see that guy probably 
put on a few extra pounds of muscle between off seasons as he matures into an NHL player. So yeah, I, I like that this team has usually always had a pretty good effort when it comes to sticking up for themselves for the most part. I, I would say maybe even better in the post Parise Suter era. Um, the, the, that group, yes. whether it's Felino, Ryan Hartman, Brandon Duhame, um, they've always been pretty well at sticking up for themselves. For a team, by the way, too, to our point about height, that's usually been relatively small. You know, like Matt Zuccarello is a smaller guy. I know Kirill's built like a house, but he's not a he's not a tall guy. Boldy's taller for sure, and Kulikov's a giant. But th- this is a relatively shorter team, yep. and they're still not afraid to stick up for themselves when they when the opponent does something that they probably shouldn't be doing. Exactly. Um, the third line, which was uh, which had Marco Rossi back at center last night, I thought played an extremely mm-hmm. good game. Rossi early in the game turned over the puck a couple of times, and I don't like that. But for the most part, I thought that he played well. And again, I think he's starting to find a stride. It's going to take. It's taking time. I, I mean, that's that to me. It's not like he is a massive disappointment, but this is taking time. All of that being said, and again, it's the Ducks, so that probably helped a little bit, Dex, but I thought that Rossi's play and the play of that third line last night was extremely encouraging, and the more that Rossi can play games like that and, in my opinion, get his confidence up, the sooner that that this is going to start to click, and perhaps your write-that-down will come true, and he will record (laughs) his first National Hockey League goal before we do Write that down on Mackie and Judd next Wednesday. Yeah, I, I thought that line was phenomenal. And look, he's playing with Mason Shaw, who's a great success story after overcoming like five ACL tears, he's, wherever the hell it is. He's a little guy, dude. He's tough. Yeah, but he he's it, a small guy. But whew. and and you certainly would like to see someone of Ro, uh, Rossi's, excuse me, pedigree play with maybe better teammates than Mason Shaw and, and Connor Dewar. Um, but just with the way this team's obviously formatted with their injuries, um, he's playing with them. And I, but regardless, not to throw shade on the line, it was a it was good. Uh, when you you notice them in a positive way, and I think you're starting to string together uh, a decent showing from Marco after I called him a passenger basically for the first six seven games, and now you're starting to see him make an impact. He's not just being a passenger. Um, you're starting to see him drive a little bit more. You're seeing him be noticeable in front of the net more. Um, you're starting to see him mature, and as he's gotten his feet wet in those first six games, you're now starting to see oh, this is where maybe there is something to be unlocked here more, um, and he's not just being a passenger and just trying to coast by and not making mistakes. He's he's starting to make an impact and, and it's starting to show up. Yeah, and I think that the, the key thing there to go back is confidence. I, I think when he starts to get on a roll and get confident, his, his willingness to play a physical game grows. Mm-hmm. And in training camp, in the exhibition games, the one thing that I saw – and he in those games, which obviously have a much different tone than these games, the one thing I saw was if he is willing to play tough, and he's for his size, he's fairly strong. Um, he is effective. If to your point about the passenger thing, which I think you're exactly right about, if he lays off that and he like tries to get away with some skill, he tends to turn pucks over. It's frustrating. Doer earned praise up and down on on the post game show from Tockett. And I think, again, he picked a fight against a tough guy and actually, I think, not knocked him out of the game. I'm not sure exactly what the injury was. Uh, but guys like Dewar and Shaw, I do like their approach a lot. Like, yeah. they are tough cookies. And they're the guys They're the guys that, you know what, if they get in, in dust-ups as long as they're not playing dumb, that's absolutely fine. But they also, aren't, they also are guys that can occasionally score. So 
I thought that that line, now I would like to see eventually, and I think he will, Rossi play with more skilled guys. For sure. But I did like the toughness and and a small amount of skill that that third line brought last night. Yeah, I thought so too. And, and, and what's um, what's becoming so interesting here, and we can probably transition to this, is um, you know, for a guy who I had very high expectations for going into the season, Tyson Jost might be playing himself outside of this roster at this point, man. Yeah. Um, I was bring that up. I think you're right. You know, uh, I you made the case he came out of college a little too early, and that's probably true. Um, he was log jammed in Colorado. I thought more from a defaulting standpoint because that team was just so deep, and he had a great training camp, great preseason, noticeable in those situations. But it's been about 12 games, and he's also just played enough. I think NHL games. I don't think there's some magical glass ceiling for him to break. And he's given he's been given opportunities to play in significantly elevated roles, and he hasn't taken it. And it's not even patience from that point. It's just some guys just aren't cut out to be those players. And 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 this is where when we get into prospect hoarding, when we get in love to falling in love with prospects, and obviously it's different because Tyson Jost was acquired here, and the Wild fans themselves never had an attachment necessarily to him up until six eight months ago. This is where just prospects sometimes and Tyson Jost who was the 10th overall pick in a draft just five years ago a lot of times they just don't pan out and and we're, we're kind of watching that I think with with Tyson Jost of yeah was he a great college player um was were situations you know tough for him because he was playing on a, on a deep team yes but he's not the player that I think we all kind of thought he would be when he was giving elevated minutes and putting in a situation where he could be more I think he's just a guy yeah, we talk about Jags all the time on Purple Daily on our Vikings podcast. He's a Jag at this point. Um, I, I wouldn't be. Sh- I don't know if they'll outright wave him, but I he's probably going to be destined to the penalty or uh, to the press box. I should say here soon enough when the Wild really start to get to full strength and become healthy. So he got scratched a couple weeks ago, I think, and then he came back and played really hard and played well. He is he is the definition in baseball quad A player. I bet you if he went down to Iowa, he'd tear it up. The issue is, and this is where Dewar and Shaw differ, the bottom six guys and guys like Jost have to play their asses off. Like, they, they're they not going to get by on skill. They, they've got more skill than most, but in this league, they're just guys, unless they play their asses off. Jost doesn't do it. And, and the fact that he actually came back and played pretty well after being scratched, to me, is a massive indictment. Because like that means it's there. It just means that you're unlocking it, and now you're back to well, my skill is going to get me by, and in no way, shape, or form is is that true. So yeah, I think that I think Joe. I, I think you're right. I think he's a guy who was worth a look see. Uh, Sturm was going to sign, you know, elsewhere. He got traded and won a cup with the Avalanche, and now he's with the Sharks. So he would have been gone regardless. So the trade is fine, but. I think you fall in love with seeing the skill. Like the difference is this: Rossi still has to work hard, but there is hopefully an you know unlimited, untapped skill, right? Mm-hmm. So like he he should just ascend, and and that doesn't mean that he can cut corners, but it does mean that he has a lot more talent than Joe's does, and Joe seems to think he's good. Yeah. Um, it, which which is why I go be- back to, and this guy's not a problem, but like this goes to a conversation of a guy like Goudreau. And when Goudreau, who Dean loves and who does play his ass off, but when he's on that first line and now he thinks, I can make some plays, it's like, no, dude, you can't. Like, you are Freddie Goudreau. Look in the mirror, 
You're a hard worker. Um, and I don't care what line I put you on, that's not going to change. But it feels like, to your point with Jost, he's been moved through. He's played, what, some first line? I think he got a chance there, some second line. So he's gotten all types of chances. And now it just keeps regressing and regressing. And uh, my guess is the next stop at some point in time might be Iowa because they probably have some guys that are going to apply themselves more in their role here than Tyson Jost will. And I don't think Jost gets that. I do think Jost requires waivers to get to Iowa. Um, so does. that that is an issue, he and, gets claimed. and he probably would get claimed. And and I'm not suggesting that we're, we're ripping the trade. Because actually, I I really like that trade. Nico Trade's Stern fine. for Tyson Joe straight up is a, is a, you're taking a chance on a guy who was a top ten pick who was log jammed. You gave him an opportunity, you gave him a shot. He played fine in the role last season, but you knew that. Well, if I'm acquiring a tenth overall pick, that's only you know still just uh, 24 years old. That there's something could be unlocked there, go see it and try it out, and it's not working. That's fine. If you want to move on from him from a, to another team and give him another opportunity to flourish elsewhere, go ahead and do so. Um, but I think at this point, I've I've just seen enough uh, yeah. that that suggests that he's not going to be anything more than just a guy. He's 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 a jag, and you'd have to really, like you said, and this is what's what's so unique about hockey. It, it's not just uh, hey, a prospect that. Flames out, but still turns into a serviceable major league uh, major league baseball player. Tyson Jones has to physically work his butt off to be effective, and and sometimes those guys just don't. Tra- it doesn't work the same way with baseball prospects and hockey prospects. And I, if I if I'm Billy Garen, I probably am looking to just move off him sooner rather than later. He could be a duck. He he could be a duck. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the teams that that would claim a Coyote. guy like like that. Yeah. Yeah, like well, and 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 last year Montreal claimed uh, Pitlick. Pitlick, right? Yes, yeah, like that's thing. A, that, that's the same exact thing. Like he can play for you. He doesn't do a lot. You're like, okay, if if he if if we keep him and can send him to the minors, that's fine. If we can't, that's fine too. But I think the key thing here is the Wild's probably going to have guys who are in Iowa who will come up and serve a role more. And yeah. The Sturm trade was fine because he he was going to bolt here for nothing. Yeah, he wasn't going to stay here. I think he's convinced that he should play a lot more, and Sturm wasn't going to. So yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, getting his first win last night in goal, thirty-two saves if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, Gustafson, Gustafson, <laughs> I don't know. I've heard it pronounced <laughs> each way, uh, but I thought he played well. And and the reality is this: with the way that Flurry is playing right now. That's what you need. Yeah. Like, you know, for the flower will come back and play tomorrow, which is fine. Uh, the flower is going to play for the time being the majority of, of games. So when you put Gustafson in, if he can just basically hold serve and give you a solid performance, he is a, he's a two, as we've talked about, he is not a one B I'm fine with it. Yeah. I mean, it was just his fourth game of the year and just his second and basically almost three weeks. And the, his last two performances at Detroit, two goals, um, the Wild should have won that game. I believe they lost that one in the shootout or overtime, if that if that memory serves it. right. And he allowed one goal against a bad Ducks team. Like, you know, if he's only going to play every fifth game, and also you can be strategic about it, right? There's still some bottom feeders in this league. Um, put him against those teams. And and you can't ask more from your backup goalie, who, who by the way, is a true backup. It's not like, oh, we got one A and we got one B. No, right. no, this is a two. This is a he's hard two. This is the backup yeah. to Marc-Andre Fleury. This is not a guy who's threatening for his job. 
Um, these guys exist all over the league. And the last two games now, and, and I know it was basically two weeks between performances between the, the Detroit game and the Anaheim game, that's exactly what you want from a backup goalie. Can he not shipwreck things? Um, can he give you a chance to win? He's done that in, in both starts. This is going to be Mark andre Fleury's net, man. Even though he's going to be turning 38 here in a couple weeks, he's probably going to start 60 games. Um, and it, it's clear that he likes to be in a rhythm for that. And it's not a Dubnik situation where I have to be in a rhythm because that's the only way I can play effective. Well, when, when you're Mark andre Fleury and you know what to do, and you know what it takes to win Stanley Cups, and you know what it takes to condition, you need to be in that rhythm, and you also need to honor that for him. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, if, if Gustafson wants to come in every fifth start and he plays like the way he does the last two starts, you'll, you'll take it every time. And in fact, uh, for the next week or so, it works out perfect because the Wild is in Seattle on Friday, which I'm sure will be Flurry's net. And then they play host to the Sharks here at 5 o'clock on Sunday, yeah. which Gustafson can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing for you. Your thoughts on what uh, Paul Bizanet talked about last night. He wants to do away with the re- with the offside reviews. Um, I... I heard, so here's another thing I read that I actually, I like this one. Okay. I don't, I don't want to do away with, with them because it can save the bacon of a linesman in a really big game. Uh, the other one I heard more palatable to me is this one. If a team brings the puck into the zone and the defensive team has a chance to clear it and can't, so like it's held in, as soon as it's held in, the offside review goes away. So the fact that the puck was brought in offside now no longer becomes reviewable because mm. there was a chance to clear and it was missed. Mm-hmm. I could li- I could live with that. And Biz's point was that Zegres goal was so cool that he didn't want it wiped yeah, away. I, I, know um, I think I am not for undoing, although they do drive you crazy at times, I'm not for undoing the offside review. I would be willing to talk about how it's done a little bit, uh, because I mean that was a cool goal, but you can't you can't base it on one cool goal. Yeah, I think I kind of like your method there. Um, it's I forget who I think it was Jeff Merrick possibly. I, I, I think if the defensive team had an opportunity where they regained possession of the puck or they won a battle and they weren't able to clear, but the pro- the problem with that is that is a that's even more of a gray area. It's right? a gray area, yeah. But possession, yes. Yes, but I mean, I'd be more willing to explore that. I don't want to do away with it because yeah. the second that you do, it's going to be a playoff game yes. and some bozo is going to be offside it, and it's going to be crystal clear and it's going to be a goal and you can't review it. It and I don't should want 100% offsides be reviewed, yes. Like, just yes. That, that's, a, that's a hard black and white yes for me. Um, but I, I know what Biz is saying. I know what other people are saying that, well, if, it, if it's taking forever and it's only going so far, you know, and it takes away a, a great goal like that, um, is, is there is there a point of time where they've entered the zone and they've been in there for thirty right. seconds? Well, now like all right, the the defense had time and you couldn't clear the puck, you couldn't get it out. It's no, no longer. Is there something like that? You know, even too is is there a time thing? I don't know. Good thing I'm not a NHL ref though. Thank God. The only yeah, one I, I would you, the only one yeah. I would get rid of, as I've told you yeah. numerous times before. My it's one I actually it's on the my list of things I would love to change for all four sports. If you have an empty net, I don't think that the defensive team should be charged with icing. I don't think if they want to clear the puck when the when the net is pulled with an extra oh, attacker, yeah. I don't yeah. think they should be penalized for icing. That, that I, I think if if they want to just dump the damn thing down, I don't yeah. think they should be penalized. I think it, it should be waved off in that situation. But the league wants goals. 
Yes, they do. So, like, they want that excitement to bring it back. Yeah. Like, I get your point, but the dumb. league, but the league wants the faceoffs then to generate the goals mm-hmm. to get more goals and and teams. You know, the intriguing thing about that is, I think the I think the ar- argument against that by the league would now be the fact that in this day and age, the accepted philosophy is to take your shot at the net because that used to be the no no, right? Right. Like, how how could you ice it? How could and, and now it's like hell yeah, ice. Yeah. You know. Take your shot at the net, and if you miss it, it's icing. Who, who cares? Um, but, yeah, I just I, – I don't think you can do away with the replay on offsides, but it does drive me crazy when it's been like an extended yeah, period I of agree. time, 45 seconds, and now it's like, let's take a look at that again. So, all right, uh, we're done. Take us home, man. All right, hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Wild Entertainment, basically. Well, close enough to it on this YouTube channel on Score North. Uh, this is Judd's Hockey Show. That's Judd Zolget. I'm Declan Goff. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. That's the tagline I was looking for. And also head on over to Purple Daily for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment and pass shoot score. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? What's it all about? Spurgy? Hard work, man. It's fun. that. This is about winning. This is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. When Tyreek Hill signed with the Miami Dolphins, we all thought, what the hell is he doing? What made many scratch their heads even further was comments praising Tua's accuracy. In fact, people got tired of listening to Tyreek Hill. They would go as far as to just tell him to just shut up and focus on football. Well, the Miami Dolphins are 7-3. Tua Tagovailoa is near 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns with three interceptions. Not to mention the Dolphins now sit at the top of the AFC East. Well, they can hear you now, Tyreek. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget, BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf exists at BetOnline.net as well. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.